Hey, 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 y'all. It's your favorite time of the Sunday weekly. It is Dylan and Healing, and we are back. Like we said last week, it was not going to be super long before we were before you. Like they say in church, I won't be before you long. We won't be before you long. <laughs> I am Nene. And I am Coco. And we are continuing our discussion on mental health. Last week, if you tuned in, we talked to some dynamic young kings who discussed with us their journey, um, had some great insight. And let me just say that to be that young and wise, they really had it going on. They did. Yeah. They was, they was kicking some gyms, which is some gyms, some gyms. And so <laughs> we're continuing our discussion with a couple of guests, um, someone that's near and dear to my heart, and I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself. But we are continuing this week with Black Women in Mental Health. So our first guest is my bestie going on. I don't even know, because once you get past a certain decade, you're forgetting the number of years, <laughs> six or so. Um, Keisha, Keisha Pink, welcome. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here. I think. <laughs> Keisha looks like she's out of the um like the late 90s, early 2000 black sitcom shows. Like she's like the best friend on Sister Sister or something. <laughs> she is. She's the best friend on our sitcom. Girl, let me tell you, this look was a quick five minute. <laughs> let me throw something on real quick. Look. Okay. Learn me something. Learn me something, sis. <laughs> It was something real quick. I love it. Thank you. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. uh, Victoria's Secret modeling, if you got more than five minutes, because this looks amazing. Well, the makeup took probably like 10, but the hair was like slick. (laughs) I love it. So that's kind. Coco, before you came on, uh, it was when it's Sunday wash day. Now, for all of our sisters out there that know about wash day, and the joys and perils and the pain that comes with natural hair, wash day is a entire production, okay? Today. And I'm going to be quite honest that my anxiety raises a little bit when I know that I have to get ready to wash my hair, okay? So that's <laughs> well. Let it be known. Right. Because that's why I texted you was like, uh, is this gonna be a video, a visual? Today's wash day. I gotta do something about this, this mop on my head real quick because <laughs> yeah. Which is why you guys are getting all the fro today because it was a wash and product, and we have not gotten to any kind of twisting or anything yet. So it's gonna be what it is. Um so, say it again. That's why you got the ponytail today because no twist, <laughs> no nothing has happened yet. <laughs> um, so Keisha and I met in a program called Summer Bridge, and Summer Bridge is a, um, just as it sounds, a bridge program for incoming freshmen um, going into CSUs. And it was really funny because I didn't know anybody. Keisha, did you know anybody? Nope. We didn't know anyone going into Summer Bridge. I had come from the Bay Area because she was local. And we clicked and we created this whole little group called the Ishanays, which is super <laughs> fun. Everyone was named like Tanisha, Kanisha, Nisha, Nisha, and then it was Janae. So that's how the Ishanays <laughs> came about. Um, 
Well, well yeah. my legal name counts kind of towards the name part, so. That's true. Well, I don't know if you want to put your whole business No, out. we ain't going to put my whole business out there. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Not, okay. On the- <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not today. Um, and so we then surprisingly after Summer Bridge, because we hadn't known anyone, some people had go, gone as friends and they knew like who were going to be their roommates. And Keisha and I got surprised because we ended up being dorm roommates, um, which I still think my uncle had something to do with that. Um, We ended up being dorm roommates for our freshman year, and it has been adventures ever since, ever since, ever since. So, Kishi, do you want to talk, can you tell us a little bit about um, where you're from, you know, life, tell them my dad's Um, I'm Keisha. I'm in my, <coughs> let's say that. Um, <laughs> um, I have two handsome boys. I shouldn't call the oldest a boy because he is an adult and counting down to his big birthday that's coming up later on this year. Um, man cub, I call him. Man cub. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know else you want to know. Single mom, trying to do the thing. Trying to get through this whole life right. along with mm-hmm. dealing with mental health. So, right. And how old are your boys? My oldest will be 21 in November. Good Lord. And that young one, Lord help us all. Can we all take a moment and say a prayer for the young one? But <laughs> he'll be nine. No, not he will be. He is nine. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. He's on our toes. That one. He's what? 21? Yeah. I swear my kids are the only kids that get older. So when other people's kids who I've been around when they were little get old. What? He's supposed to be uh uh no. It's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Even even before I got on, I was texting him and he's like, What's up, mama? I'm like, I'm like, hi son, you know, how you doing? Just checking on you. Oh, I'm getting ready to go to work. So uh what's up? I'm like, look. Let me tell you something. Don't rush me off the phone, okay? <laughs> don't rush me off the phone. Oh. Which kills me because he's such a mama's boy. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a mama's boy. Like that's a mama's Yeah. Because yeah. maybe he wants he'll be like, uh, mom, mom. He'll tell me, auntie. Let me ask you a question. I'd be like, oh lord. <laughs> right. He oh, did that. Lord. He did that the other day. Hey, mom. I got a question for you. I said, what? Can I go to school to travel the world? Excuse me. Is there like a degree that I could get that could, I could be a world traveler and like get paid? I said, it's called blogging. <laughs> you are blogging. You can vlog your life and maybe get some people to pay for your trip, but maybe international business person. He was like, oh, but I don't think well, I foreign <laughs> exchange student. He could be a foreign exchange student. And go to different school. Yeah. Ooh, that's not. Nice. I kind of digging that. You digging that? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience different cultures. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in our series, we have been dissecting our journeys, um, our mental health journeys, and just talking about, you know, family dynamics of mental health, when it first became a thing, you know, when you became aware of mental health. Um and what those journeys have looked like. And we've, we've talked, you know, 
in depth at this point about what that has meant for us as Black women. And so, Keish, um, if you want to tell us a little bit about when you first became aware of the term and or discussion surrounding mental health. Um, I was thinking about this, and I want to say my first awareness of it is when I experienced it myself, when I had like my first panic slash anxiety attack. Didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, Couldn't breathe, collapsed to the floor. And at that time I was in college and I want to say my oldest was probably like one, maybe two. And I went to the student health center, good old student health center on campus. Okay. And I went to the doctor and I was like, I don't know what happened to me. I couldn't breathe. And I was explaining everything that happened. They were like, oh, you had a panic attack. And I'm like, what the heck is a panic attack? Like, what? Uh, come on, say what? <laughs> and, and, and so the doctor was just like, you know, well, looking at my load, like how many units were you taking? Because I was a full-time student, part-time, working part-time and taking care of my oldest as well. And so um, they told me about the counseling center on campus and told me I get so many free sessions. And that's when I got introduced to mental health. So probably like when I was like 22, 23 was my first time realizing it. Even though I was taking classes in college, it just wasn't clicking. I think for me, it wasn't like, oh, that's, that's somebody else or what is like it didn't like resonate with me or until it, it actually happened to me and then right. that's when I was like oh this is what this is and if you're not aware of it when you first have one it feels like you're about to die mm-hmm. like the way that it overtakes you physically um I mean at least for me and I've only had two panic attacks but the first one where you'd be like you know what is happening am I having a Lord- what, Lord, is that you? I don't have asthma. Like, what is going on? Right. I, I'm right. Your heart beats so fast. You can't catch your breath. Um, and it's really an out of controlness. And you know how much I like to be true. Um, <laughs> so I think that that is very salient being young and in college. I mean, shoot, if your son was one, then you was all of what? How old? I said like 22, 23. 23? Around that time, yeah. Yeah, not, um, you know, not knowing what that, where that stems from. Um, yeah. And it's it's funny that you bring that up, Keisha, because now, you know, like when you see a car, like you, you get a new car, someone gets a new car, and then you see that car all the time. It's like that. So Jazz ha- is, um, is dealing with panic attacks and severe anxiety. And I've never seen it before. I, I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Also um, deals with anxiety and panic attacks. But I always thought it was just like, get a grip. Like, okay, we got it. You're stressing about, you know me I mean? Like, cause that's kind of how we're raised. It's like, get over it. Don't ask questions, power through. But when I saw my daughter go through it, I was like, oh, this is real. Like, it's like you, for me, it's not. I can sympathize. I can't empathize because I've never felt it. But seeing my baby girl in that much distress, I was like, "This, we got to get this fixed. It was never um, a thing for me because I've never seen it before. But now that, you know, she's been dealing with it, I've heard more people have dealt with that. Like my coworker, he's like, I had a panic attack walking from my car to the 
to the um, door to get into work. And he's like, I literally thought I was going to die. Like just drive right here. And I said, and then you wouldn't know. It's like people you wouldn't even know. You don't know. And it's always, I always listen to, or remember that saying, you don't know what battles someone's dealing with right now. So treat everybody with kindness. That it becomes more prevalent now because now it's like physical. It's part of my life. My friends deal with this. My family members, my, my baby girl deals with this. It's just, it's, it's a real thing. So I thank you for sharing that because sometimes you feel like you're alone. Like I was, Jasmine, ain't nothing wrong with you. Get up girl. And she's locked down, literally feeling like she's going into the grave. Elizabeth, is that you? (laughs) Before I got on today, I almost had one. I had Mm -hmm. to calm myself down because I'm rushing, being teen too much. Mm-hmm. And trying to like, oh, let me get myself together. Let me look a certain way. Let me do this. Let me do that. Computer problems, all this stuff. And finally, I was like, Oofa. like, yeah, you're going to get on or you get on. There, you, you, you can't control you. I had to mentally calm myself down mm-hmm. so that I could be able to move forward instead of me trying to keep pushing through. Yeah. I had, to like pop. I had to pause. That's deep. That's deep. Because it's awesome that you know to to pause, right? Yeah. And and what that kind of talk yourself through. Um, that's that's important because I often do the opposite and try to push through instead of taking the pause. Mm -hmm. Um and Kogu, you also bring up a good point because for people around loved ones who have the severe reaction of a panic attack potentially they don't always readily are not always readily able to identify it. Right. It coming when it's present. I think I've told this story before, but I will never forget. Coleman and I were at a outlet mall and I was trying to get my sister some shoes. And I like, was like, it's right here. And I already knew it was big. I don't like to go to the outlets because they're super big and you just keep walking and walking. I ended up at the wrong store or walk. He's like, let's just go over here really quick. Long story short, he saw the physiological, like my face and body change because it was way too much going on. And I tried to articulate. So what wasn't such a big deal, he realized was such a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So even if, you know, I call one of you guys and you're just like, uh, not today. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's try tomorrow. <laughs> Hit me up later. Yeah, me later. Um, get in. What's going on? It's not a good day. Okay. What can I do to help? Nothing. Okay, cool. Let me check with you tomorrow. Um, so I think that that's an awesome point that we can circle back to in terms of like triggers and, and coping. What about talking with family about what that looks like or talking with family about, um, that level of, of, of anxiety? Are they receptive to it? If you've had conversations with your family? Um, the funny thing is, Justin, I think, my poor baby, when I think about it, like, and I'm trying not to cry because he has experienced my level of anxiety. Um, but he knew, like, I didn't have to say anything to him, but he, like, knew, especially when I had um, my youngest and my youngest would be, he's, he's, I love him, but he's hyper. <laughs> he's all over the place and he demands a lot of my attention. And or he, I should say, he wants a lot of my attention. Mm-hmm. And when he would, when my oldest would notice that, he would snatch him up, like literally, like grab him and like, no, give mommy a break. Mommy needs to breathe. Mommy needs to do this. 
And I thank him for that because he does, he does, he recognized like, oh, mom can't handle it. Let's give a moment. But I think the hardest thing was for my mom to realize what it was or what it is, because she's like, you have what? What's going on? And living with her before she's seen some of it, not as bad because they're not as bad as they used to be, but for her to see it and probably kind of connect and like, oh, that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Oh, because like one of the um, things that I experienced with anxiety is that I get muscle cramps. Mm. I, I tighten up and especially in my legs and my foot and I can't walk. So I have to like lay down or get somebody has to bring me water and I have to drink a lot of water and like try to walk it out to, to help calm myself down. So she had to experience getting me water for me to like trying to relax and to try to uh, calm myself down. But I think it's still hard for her to accept that her daughter has deals with mental health or mental, I don't want to say issues, but that's just part of my makeup right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been, what have we, we've been calling them challenges and adventures. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> challenges and adventures. Yeah. Cause issues kind of has a negative connotation. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they do pose challenges. You know, if you have, if you are affected by them, um, I think it's so funny that God, he gave you such chill. Your oldest is so chill. He's just like, doo, doo, doo. and that's why when he's upset, you'd be like, whoa, what yeah. <laughs> because you're right. He's exactly like that. Right. And I think that, um, what I love about the dynamics of you and your son is they're so in tune with you, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't have. And so I could see him totally snatching his younger brother, like, <laughs> and my baby, who's super hyper drives you guys both crazy because he's hyper and you guys are like chill right. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy because one in you know uh one child like you know i don't want to say are they considered on the spectrum in a way if you say add adhd no no uh-uh. he's just he's just hi- hyperactive hi- you know impulsive. you have yeah. one with the add and one with the adhd yeah so i got you have kids on a spectrum of one is one op- one extreme in and the other one's at the other extreme end. You got Basically. a hyperactive and a super mellow. Right. Because my yeah. oldest, I could, and that was the hardest thing too when it comes to like my whole mental health because my oldest, I could take him anywhere when <laughs> I had him. He, If I told him to sit there and don't move, he wouldn't move. He wouldn't, he was just the, like the perfect baby. Then here comes the younger one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm here. I'm ready to shake up some things. Hey, what we finna do? What we finna oh, said don't move, mom. I thought you meant just don't move six times because I only <laughs> four. That's what I thought you meant, mom. Right. So yeah, that young one, Lord help me, but I love him. But he <laughs> with me when he knows I need some love or something. He will come sit next to me and won't move. Mm. He's, he's so like, joyful. Like he's so joyful. Yeah. It's so. silly. I just want to laugh and have a good time all the time. Yeah. Which could be a um I love it. Which is overwhelming a, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you need some calm and he's just like, what you mean? I'm juggling right now. I'm so your oldest and her younger are very similar. Yes. <laughs> in their personalities for sure. Yes. 
for sure. Um, going back to what you said about your your mom, that kind of will segue us into discussions about mental health. Did you have them in your family? Do you, did your family have discussions? So we're talking about overall as arching as Black people. It's not so common. Yeah. No, I grew up in the household where, <laughs> you know, stay out of adult conversation. You know, you could be seen but not heard or um you do as I say (laughs) you know or like you just basically that that was it was like literally I feel like my mom had my life planned out the way she wanted it Mm -hmm. and then that's the way she was like you're gonna do this you're gonna do that you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and that was our discussion um I mean, it was no talking to my mom about things. It was just literally like, this is what I said, and that's it. Yeah. And if I try to say something, it was like, I'm talking back, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of those, um, you'll be all right, girl. Get over it. You'll be I don't right. think I even got to, you'll be all right, girl. You, you get over it, honestly. <laughs> I'm being honest. He said, this was not part of the program. We ain't got no time to talk about this. Let's move on. Let's Let, Let's go. <laughs> wow yeah and I think too there's a on our side the way we were raised in the church it's pray just pray pray it yeah. away pray everything away pray the Lord shall deliver okay but there's other components to that when you are dealing with depression and anxiety and <clears throat> bipolar and personality disorder like I get it. You can lay hands, but I also need to go and go talk to somebody. Right. And talk to someone who is well versed in what is going on with me. And I think as Black people, um, with us, Coco, that's kind of how we came up. But I will Mm -hmm. say that with my mom going on her own mental health journey, it has been a lot easier as an adult to have those conversations mm-hmm. for her to recognize through her knowledge, right? And her expansion to recognize. And so now in our family, it's it, there's been a shift. Just mm-hmm. like I would imagine with you and Jazzy, there's been a shift. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's here. This is yeah. not going to go away on its own. We can't pray right. it away. Now I'm out of communion. Grape <laughs> juice is going to this panic attack. Okay. Why am I drunk trying to pray for my baby? Oh, this was this ain't grapefruit. This is wine. <laughs> you said take the sacraments. I don't know what's wrong, Lord. What's right, wrong? right. I right, right. feel better. I certainly feel better. She don't, but I do. <laughs> right. And so with that, um, we're <clears throat> able to break those generational curses for sure. Your children yeah. will not have the same path. Keisha, your children will not have the same path. My siblings will have the same path. So um, as hard as it is, kudos to us because we've already, you know, changed the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, so with that, what are some of your, um, what are some of your triggers you think? Like if you do experience a panic attack or like you mentioned, maybe being overwhelmed even tonight and trying to get everything together to come on, come on the show. What do you think are some of your triggers? Wait, can I ask a question before you, before you answer that, Keish? Because I'm, I'm still trying to understand, like I have anxiety. Like when my account gets low, I get anxiety, like that tightening in the chest, but it's just, I kind of feel like it's the common idea of anxiety. Is anxiety a, always a precursor to your panic attacks? Um, yes. Or even you, Because I don't 
don't think I've ever had a panic attack, so I don't know. Like how I experience if I'm overwhelmed and I'm, I'm going through a lot and I'm like, and I just, and I'm trying, it's more like I could tell, I could feel it coming on for me. And I'd be like, "Uh Oh, my heart is racing. Um, I have problems catching my breath. Mm-hmm. And then it get to the point where I'm trying to calm myself down, but I can't calm myself down. Okay. And it get to the point where I start hyperventilating sometimes. And then it gets to when the hyperventilation comes in, that's when I'm like, oh, oh. like if I can't sit down and get myself together. And that's when my I get into the muscle cramps because I'm like tightening up because I'm trying to calm myself down. And that's when like the leg cramp, the foot cramp, and then I'm down on the floor. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh, but that's, that's what it is. No, you girl laugh. Shoot. You have to get through it. <laughs> and, um, and then I'm trying to catch my breath sometimes. Um, but a lot of times it's like a, kind of like a hiccupy kind of motion. I should say mm-hmm. and I'm going <gasps> like that. That post whoop, 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 whoop and uh, breathing. literally it's like that I'm like like and I'm doing like trying to get myself together and trying to calm myself down but a lot of times I can feel it because it's either it can't be really most of the time it's not really depression but it's more so of me um like you said like the bank account is low I'm trying to figure out how to pay these bills uh, plus I need to clean this house. I need to go to work. I need to take care of my kids. I need to check up on this. And then finally it just like, it just hits mm. out of nowhere. Yeah. And mine are trauma triggered. So like okay. I said, I only had, to, I've only had to, the first one I had was when my brother got shot and I was trying mm-hmm. to drive to, um, the Bay area and mm-hmm. it was just a culmination of thoughts, right. Of what could happen, what did happen. Right. Um, and the other one I had in the midst of an argument. So what I have learned about myself is that if it's all of those things that are overwhelming, but also if I'm in a heightened emotional state and I can't Mm. resolve what is happening, um, my feelings are hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And it's still, there's still an interaction regarding Mm. it, but no resolution in sight. Mm -hmm. Um, so because of that, I have learned that I don't, I cannot be involved with that. So I've learned that I have to say, you know, what, I'm, I'm hitting a space that I cannot have this conversation or this interaction anymore. Um, so for me, yeah, they're, they're more trauma triggered than anything. And so I have not had one in a very long time. Well, actually mine, I will say is trigger, I mean, trauma and being anxious. So Mm -hmm. I'm like the combo, like, (laughs) Somebody, if I found out something happened, if I'm if I'm overwhelmed or anxious, it, it doesn't matter. It's just it's also trauma and anxiety as well. Mm. So you guys kind of segue into what your triggers are, and I think that identifying what your triggers are helps you um, make a game plan. Is that maybe that's maybe that's not the right word, but like if you know what's going to trigger it, then you can. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know, practice or like when it's coming on, you can say, okay, I know that this, I'm getting to that heightened state. I need to get my water now, or I need to do my breathing, or I need to realize that I need to step back from this conversation or the situation so that I can get to a state where I am 
calm and in the right frame of mind to either move forward or say, I right now I'm not done with this. I got to do, you know, take care of me. Yay or nay? Mm, yeah. I, I really don't, for me, I don't really have a plan, an action yeah. plan. Um, I think I just know how to deal with it because I've been dealing with it for so many years, mm-hmm. like 20 years almost. Or maybe. <laughs> so I think just for me, I just know when I, there's days where I'm like, all right, Keisha, you got to calm down. You need to relax because you don't want to get into having anxiety or panic attack. Because for me, when I have those attacks, I want to sleep. Mm. So afterwards, it drains me. And all I want to do is lay down and I can't function. Mm-hmm. So for me, sometimes it's one of those like, all right, I need to not do this today. Or I need to just be in the bed today. Mm-hmm. No, even though I need to be doing this and that, sometimes I'm just like, I just got laid in the bed today. So it just, for me, I don't really have a plan. Mm. Kind of sounds like you do though. Like you, you say you have, you have your breathing and you know, you if you're starting to cramp up, you get your water, you start mm. to yourself, the self-talk is important. Like, I know that this is about to happen. Keisha, you can't let this happen. You got to do today. And so you kind of, you have some, things in order to help you get through it or to stop it before it gets to that heightened level. Yeah. So give yourself kudos for that because we don't always know when we're, when we're in the fight, what, you know, we've done the steps or we have a plan or we're doing what we're supposed to be doing until someone says, Hey, you do know your triggers. You told, you just said them or, Hey, you do have a plan. I just heard you outline your plan. You're like, Oh yeah, I guess I do. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you're further along like- than you thought you were. Well, and it becomes a part of life. So then I don't know if we label it a plan, but actually saying this, I think I do have a three, I have a three prong plan, right? Mm -hmm. There's proactive practice, which means that as a recovery team do too much, I have learned to set many a boundaries in the last four years. Um, Because being a part of team do too much, you overextend yourself emotionally, Mm -hmm. physically, financially, and mentally. And as you get older, as I've gotten older, I've been like, I can't do like, there's no way. And sometimes I feel bad because, you know, I have five, I have four siblings. Right. And, and, you know, now they're older, so it's not a huge, you know, they're pretty independent. I've them pretty well. Uh, but, you know, before my grandparents were in the nor- in Northern California, we were having this situation as Pops was transitioning and trying to go up there and trying to make sure grandma supported and trying to make sure, you know, Cece started college okay and she needed to make sure. And even though we work collectively as the oldest, you feel like you have a responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have learned to say, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not. I can say it. no, no nunca, no never, say it in Spanish, in sign language, English, I'm not doing that. I don't have the capacity to do that. So that's my proactive plan. Um, my in vivo plan is more of what we call in the moment. So mm-hmm. a lot of what Keisha was saying, there's self-talk. I have to, I just talked about this last week and I picked my mom from LAX. Sometimes you don't know that it has come until you're in it because mm-hmm. there was one too many things that brought you to the space of like, I do this every time. <laughs> too much going on. Like there's, I need it. And then I have to pause right. and I stop talking. Right. And you set my phone down and I just need a reset. That's in mm-hmm. me. And then reactively. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. I'm popping off. 
I'm going off. Right. That's the, <laughs> the, the top of the kettle. Mm-hmm. Uh, blow. That's the reactive, but there's less reactive now. There's definitely more proactive and in vivo practice um, in terms of having a plan for triggers for sure. And that's major. That's, I mean, we, we are, um, Keisha, was your, was your degree in psychology too? Cause I heard uh, you mentioned it. What was yours? No, it was uh, consumer affairs, but it was under the college of like family and consumer sciences. So I had to take a lot of like family classes. Which are kind of based in psychology. Mm-hmm. Like I I heard people have gone through this, but never with me. So I was like, she must have took psychology too. Yeah. She's also a cancer. So she's just intuitively also very feeling like your sister mm-hmm. and, and yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that... that um. The uh, being aware of it and like, like my degree is not psychology, but it's, it's based under psychology, you know, child and adolescent development. So like, we see that in other people, we, we, like when I'm out and about, I'm like, oh, that's one of my students. Oh, that kid's on the spectrum. Oh, he's ADHD. And I'm already, this is what I would do differently. And I would tell the parents how to do this. (laughs) And when we're like, we can see um, either the rising, like, especially now that it's, mental health has become, I, I say it's trending because now it's like, we have a color for mental health and we have a mental health awareness. So now it's a thing and it, they're trying to normalize it, normalize being, um, taking care of yourself, normalize talking to somebody, normalize um, getting a plan, all that stuff. So now that we're seeing it more in media and social media, people yeah. are aware of it, not just with other people, but also with ourselves. And so um, I think it's important to say, and directly to our listeners, like, um, this is not a fad or a trend. Self-care is very important. It's not going out and spending, you know, so much money on Rodeo Drive or neglecting your responsibility. It's about taking care of yourself so that you can be the best you that you can be. And so the journey is tough. Like, it's not, oh, I have mental health and I go see a counselor and I take medicine and everything's all better every day. No, it's a journey. It's a process. And it's difficult. I don't suffer from panic attacks, but I deal with depression. And you were saying like, after you have your anxiety, your panic attacks, you're like, I know I have to sleep. Well, I don't even wait for that to happen, girl. I'm like, oh, I woke up this morning. It's time to go back to sleep because I'm too tired to deal with life right now. And so um, there's a a spectrum, I guess, of mental health. There's depression. There's um, there's bulimia and um anorexia like all those little things there's panic attacks there's anxiety there's um a whole bunch let's not even just name them all out into existence but there's a lot and we're all fighting a battle and especially for us black women I think it's important for us to talk about it so that we can support each other so with that being said I like to say thank you for being on here because it's hard to talk about it's hard to deal with it's hard to put a face with those things but it also is nice to know that you're not alone. You know, what I mean? like we're, we're here, we're here. And I don't understand why your foot locks up and why you, your leg breaks down and you got to get water, but I'm going to get you some water and we're going to massage your foot so we can get on to this movie. Okay. 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 Like, you're going to get your peppermint. <laughs> I tell her about we're gonna talk about my my holistic side yeah, very holistic so i'd be like girl i'm gonna pop this at you you get your peppermint we're gonna keep it going <laughs> right we're gonna be all right but even with that coco even though 
I deal with depression too. So it's also mm-hmm. me dealing with anxiety and my panic attacks and depression. So it's like, I, I, we're together. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And some people will be like, Coco? No. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why I'm so crazy is because I'm crazy. And, and let me say is that I, I think, um, I disagree a little bit about the trending only because I think for black people, it had mental health acceptance, discussion and awareness and access has Mm -hmm. become a thing. Now, access to care is huge, right? And we know that in poor areas, people without money, like if you're trying to pay your light bill, going to see a counselor and pay X, Y, and Z, ain't the move or if you're on medical which is that federal what that's in california is that federal anyway you're on medical insurance you know getting a psychiatrist and paying for extra meds might not be priority if um my son and daughter need shoes and so i think that our willingness and our openness um we could probably think what's the generation under us the millennials or the millennials are under us yeah can we can thank them for being these touchy feely kind of people <laughs> in busting that open because it's a yeah. huge, it's huge. I think mm-hmm. that we are the start to the turn, but anyone above us, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I mean is us having these conversations and mm-hmm. us recognizing and being able to say, well, that's just Nene. She's in the mood. Well, right. no, she, you know, might be going through some things and she needs to deal with some things. Right. Right. Um, you know, and so I am, I am glad that we, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. So I think that's part of what's trending and, and, yeah. and in our topic, right. About being black women that are having discussions. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like a, a negative connotation about it being trending, but it's like, it's out there now. That's what I mean. Like there's a hashtag for mental health. There's a hashtag for black mental health. Um, I, when, when jazz started going through her, um, journey and it started a while ago but it came to a head this year with COVID and you know not being out and she's a Gen Zer and there's I mean they are the year the 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 generation of social media and it was you know came to a crashing halt um I started researching you know black female counselors and other organizations I can get into and so I found one where it was like this the sayings are are, are you good sis are you good, bro? You good, fam? And so, um, whereas five, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. There wasn't anything that prompted a discussion or made us feel like it was okay. Like I didn't do counseling for a really long time because I don't have the money. I don't have the time. And if anybody's going to get counseling, it's going to be my kids. It's always our kids first. And so they have mental health issues. They needed counseling. They would get it before I got it. Well, then I burn out. And I, I needed my t-shirt too, y'all. Where's my membership card? Because I'm team do too much as well. And I just learned, even with talking with Janae, but also going to counseling, that it's okay for me to say no and not feel guilty about it. That was tough. Like, it's okay to say no, but also don't feel guilty about it. You can take it and say, I'm tired. I can't go to the store for you right now mm-hmm. or over right now. Or no, I can't go pick this up for you right now. And that was super foreign for me. But after I was able to do that, my process of being able to like decompress um, was more frequent 
And it was really weird. Like, I'm not doing anything right now. What am I supposed to be doing? I should be doing something. I should be. And it feels uncomfortable initially. Yeah. It feels yeah. unnatural. It's right? so weird. Keish, I know we are good for like, what you doing? I'm in the bed. What you doing? I'm in the bed too. Or I'm in my chair. <laughs> it takes a lot to be comfortable to be able to do that. And even right. still, I'm not even going to lie. I still be thinking about, I probably could just open my computer just real quick and maybe <laughs> just get a little something done, you know, because you've done that for 30 years, right? right? 30 years. And there is, you're absolutely right about the guilt that comes with that. Keisha, I know we've had conversations about, you know, feeling guilty for not doing this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. I'm like, Keisha, so what? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm trying to get to your level. I don't know what so what is because no, it's not in my vocabulary. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it'll come. It'll come because it wasn't in ours either. And as Black yeah. women, we're bred yeah. that way. We're raised yeah. that way, right? To take yeah. on all the burdens and lack self-care. And one of the things about paying for counseling that revelation for me is that when I was putting shine counseling, What's well, great? She's going counseling, but I'm still gonna kill her. So I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're feeling better, but honey, your triggers is triggering me. So we are gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to, you know, put some fishnets on and get it done. That's yeah. real. For real. That's real. That's the part that you don't think like you don't think about that side of it. Like, okay, my kids are getting healthy, but I'm still drained. I'm I was a grape, and now I'm a raisin, and not even. Good one, the nasty one, the nasty super dried up, ain't no nothing in it. Those to help have somebody replenish me. But then again, like you said, the the reality is, where do I get that? Where do I get the resources for that? Yeah. And so um we are gonna be researching some things, some some resources for our community, for our women, for our men to be able to access some um mental health um services because you're not alone, even if you reach out to us. Um, at D-E-A-L-N-H-E-A-L-N at gmail.com and you just want to talk, hit us up. I mean, we're here. Um, Find someone that you can talk to, blog it, blog it, live stream it, whatever. Put it out there because I guarantee you're not alone. You're not alone in what you're feeling and what you're dealing with. And someone else has either been through it or is going through it who can be your partner or your team. And maybe then team... um, Doing it all, doing the most, doing too, too much. much. Do too much. <laughs> no, no, our team name, please. <laughs> My bad. Hashtag Coco don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll become, become team. We getting through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing access. Yeah. 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 So with conversations, Keish, as we're having open conversations, do you feel like you can talk to your circle, um, like your oldest or your friends about mental health challenges that you have? Um, honestly, that's an, that's something that I'm still trying to figure out how to have those conversations because um, I'm super private. So even me getting on this podcast is getting me out of my comfort zone because, you know, Nay knows me. I'd be like, look, <laughs> we're going to lock it, bury it, put some flowers on it and some trees and disguise it because nobody going to know what's going on in my life. Okay. <laughs> but um my oldest I have those my oldest, I'm glad we have the type of relationship that we have because I can openly discuss with him like mama going through it. Mm-hmm. Or he could call me and be like, Mom, I'm on my way to California. I just booked a 
<laughs> next thing you know, he he on his way to California because he need to get a mental break. <laughs> Coco, you okay? Where is he at? I thought he was. No, he lives out of state. He lives He's out, been of, out state. of state for out of state over a year. Yeah, yeah. That's another. That's another. Look, He's that's grown, another grown, girl. He's grown, grown. I don't appreciate that. Did nobody call Coco and tell her? I don't even appreciate that. Wow. Yeah, he grown, grown. My oldest left about almost a month to the day before the pandemic hit. Literally, like he left in February. We were shut down a month later, and I did not see him until in like what in the end of November of last year. So that was my first time that my baby was away from me, and I that but and gone from me that long. So that's another podcast for mental health. <laughs> <laughs> and next time, when mama's a baby boys go right and baby, baby boys, you keep yeah. I'm here with you. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, this past year been a been a bit a bit much because I'm like, um, oh, for real, we gonna shut down and this whole thing happened. And I ain't got my baby, and then I got oh, this child. Don't get me started. <laughs> she said 2021 right. is a trigger. <laughs> what you mean? 2020 yeah, was a trigger. Okay, <laughs> 2021. It, it, it's got a tip. It's got a tiptoe in or tip, fat dancing <laughs> on me a little bit. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Oh my baby! Um, but no, that the conversation. My oldest, I, I could talk to him freely. We have an open conversation. Um, but when it comes to my circle, unfortunately, I'm one of those where. <laughs> get the sirens out uh 911 come come to Keisha help um mm-hmm. versus me talking to them before it gets to that level so mm-hmm. excuse me Keisha you good right. That's what I exactly was I'm like. I feel like something's going on. What's going right. on? She told you like, uh, you kind of quiet. <laughs> I'm not wait. Can we curse on here? Because I was about to say something. I was about Don't to say, yeah, I'm all right. Like, damn, are you okay? Because I haven't heard from you. It's a free, about? <laughs> safe, safe, open space. Safe, yes. Okay. Grown space. Grown. Oh, yeah. PG-13. PG-13. We good. Like, you gonna ask me I'm okay? I haven't heard from you. <laughs> yep. Which is why I'm texting you. You ain't heard from me. I ain't heard from you. That's what's going on. Yeah. Like, you good? Like, what? I mean, do I need to get my fishnets? Fishnets? Stockies out in my heels to get some bail money? Like, what's going on? <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Well, that's good because... You know, we have the circle, right? When you mm-hmm. you can't be too far gone or too quiet for too long. Because even with Coco, I'd be like, okay, enough's enough. You've been asleep for three days. And now <laughs> you need to get on polo with me. The end. <laughs> so show your face. I forget you're I'm like this. I'm like this. Right. No, I'm still here. <laughs> show your In face. my favorite place. I hit you tomorrow. I feel better tomorrow. I'll hit you up. <laughs> Um, cause that's part of the checks and balances, right? That's mm-hmm. part of the checks and balances because we easily could all fall into our own little universe and that's not stuck. nobody and be stuck. Yeah. Um, so now that we kind of talked about the triggers and some of our coping, some good, some, some getting better, right? So <laughs> I know we talked about coping 
taking a day for rest and restoration. That's what I call it. Used to be on Saturdays. I'd just be like, you know what? All these 57 shows that I did not watch for the last three months, I'm about to watch them. Play. My Play. <laughs> Sit in my pajamas and watch them. Sit in my chair, mm-hmm. my favorite place. Um, your favorite movies. You know, maybe you do a craft. Coco and Jazzy into this new diamond. What's it called? Diamond study. Diamond painting. Quiche. I know a coworker who does that. Girl, you would love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. She's him. <laughs> yes, Maybe I might be into it because she was showing me her work. I just seem like it just a lot of little dots. And it's little tedious. Little. It is tedious. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Everyone food. has their thing though, right? And their outlet for yeah. what they consider yeah. to be relaxing, right? Um, so Kishi, what's some of your self-care practices? What are some of your self-care practices? Girl, <laughs> being <laughs> in my place in silence, I have just like recently I moved. And I'm, um, I have my own place with no children right now. Oh. And silence is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh. There you there go. Okay. For a moment. I, I did not realize how, like, silence is just beautiful right now. <laughs> Like, right? Like, I spent, I realized sometimes I just be sitting here, I guess, in my own thoughts and just thinking, and the TV will be off, everything will be off. And then I realized, like, oh, the TV ain't on. Like, this is a beautiful thing. So that's one thing I am loving to do. Um, one thing I've been doing is what, learning how to hairstyles. Nice. Um, YouTube University has been my friend. Right. <laughs> I've been wanting to experiment on different hairstyles when before I'd be like, child, I'm put this thing up in a bun. I slap some gel on it and call it a day. <laughs> so and then also I've been wanting to like more like do makeup, get my do my nails, do my hair. When before I just felt like I did not have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it was just like go to work, take care of the kids, do homework, do schoolwork there in sports do sports I never really took like the me time for myself mm. so I'm just enjoying mm-hmm. it right now feel good look good look good yeah mm-hmm. for sure that's what's up mm-hmm. your hair is fly Keisha your hair is fly. <laughs> she was like ling, 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 ling. I'll, send you, I'll send you the Amazon link <laughs> you too can have fly hair don't you <laughs> one click away, one click away. <laughs> that's awesome um, so before we close, Keish, what is one piece of advice or guidance that you would give maybe another young woman who is just starting or thinking about or recognizing where her mental health um, journey is? Um, don't be afraid to get help. And don't be afraid to speak up. Because for years... I did not say anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until that 911 situations were happening where people were like, what is going on? What happened? We didn't know. So, and not to say like, I I don't want a young, like if I'm talking even to like my younger self, it's normal. You are okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to like, Growing up, I grew up in the church too, and it was like, pray about it, girl. Jesus will take care of it. Girl, you know, what you girl, did you get on your knees and pray? Did you fast? 
<laughs> that's what yeah. I grew up on. It's like, you can't open up a Bible and get no, on. No, but your- I opened up the DSM-4 and it said that I better call somebody else. <laughs> okay. DSM-5 too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's that's what I will want to say. And even for me, I, I kind of, I'm more of on the holistic side of things. I will also say to... Okay, so Keisha, you were just talking to us about going to tell us about holistic approaches to addressing your mental health, right? Um, because even with mental health, um, I remember one of the things that with my doctor always ha- I have to do with my doctor. I notice when I check in because they have it on record that <laughs> I, have, I have severe depression, and I always have to do a checklist. And one thing that they did give me was um, a prescription for my depression. I did take it for a couple of months, but I was just like, oh, heck no. I can't. Something about, I didn't like the way I was feeling. I I probably took it probably about four months. And then I decided to research and do um, alternative uh, healing, as I would call it. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of um, tinctures of like different type of herbs Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I do a lot of drinking teas and tinctures to help me out and a lot of breathing and affirmations. And I noticed that that helped me out a lot. Even with my therapist, we had a plan. She was like, you need to do this holistic side for three months. And if you're not going to do stick to it for three months, then you need to get back on medication. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I was happy that my therapist was on board with the holistic side, which I have noticed a big change because I've been doing it since, I want to say February. I've been doing more of the holistic side of drinking teas and tinctures and it helps. So I would just say to anyone that's out there that even if you don't want to take medication, um, try yoga, try affirmations, look into teas and herbs. Um, there's so many, so much more out there than just probably just taking a pill. Mm-hmm. People just think because even if we're just taking a pill, you still have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Good point. Pills is not going to cure it. It's not the all of everything, so you still have to do the work. Right. That's a good point. And that's a lot of what I tell my parents in my field is that you can do the medical, but you always have to do the clinical, right? Mm-hmm. Do clinical, medical, and medical includes medication, whether that's a whole a holistic approach, whether that's you know, a physiological approach with the exercise, but there's always the clinical. You can't do one without the other because that's what mm-hmm. we have. So if you only want half healing, you can try it, but right. good luck. Right. And not only that, you ha- it's trial and error, unfortunately, right? Depending on who you are, what's for you, it's trial and error. It's not going to be a quick fix. Um just like dating, date. I keep saying this on the series, dating your therapist, right? I like that though. You, right. You start with the therapist and it can be going really well. And then something might, you know, transpire. I know it took me a minute before I was, I said, you know what? I want a black woman therapist mm-hmm. because you don't know, you don't know my struggle. <laughs> you think you know my struggle. Or even when I started with Shy, I remember this Japanese licensed clinical social worker was so like she was so by the book she was just checking mm. off and I'm like you can't do nothing for this little and I started to ask her have you ever experienced trauma in your life mm. because you can't really help her if you don't there's some right. kind of relatability that has to happen and so encouraging people to understand 
it's a process. Maybe you mm-hmm. don't want to do meds. Maybe you want to do holistic. Maybe you do want to do meds and not do holistic. Whatever the journey is for you, and be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent. Good point. Be consistent. Yes. Yeah. Was here. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> my sister has joined us. <laughs> this is Kendra. Kendra's been on our show before. Um, but Keisha and I and her were talking the last time you were here mm-hmm. about how that's stressful in itself sometimes when you have to date your therapist because you really want to go in and get it fixed and get it done but sometimes it don't work out that way yeah different therapists for different situations like if you go in for like your own personal um therapy or if you go in for like marriage therapy like it's not a one-size-fits-all got to figure out like this might be my therapist for me but like for me and my kids our relationship we need to go to somebody else and see mm-hmm. different or like if you're going to a religious counselor maybe you don't want them in your business marriage wise for whatever reason so you want to go to somebody like you know that's not biased as far as like whatever religious purposes or like a um, pastor or something yeah, yeah. yeah. that can create like, do you really feel okay talking to pastor about your sex life? Or, or even like, like we were, our pastors and ministers were the people we were encouraged to go to. There's some stuff I don't want to tell you. So I might want to go to another pastor or I don't want you to throw scripture in my face every time. I know the scripture. I need you to tell me why I see a purple elephant in the corner. Right. It's <laughs> not in Deuteronomy. It's not in Revelation. Tell me why that's a purple elephant. Yeah. Well, that's a stuffed animal. My bad. That's why. Okay. So I'm not crazy. But it's all, it, it's like you said, it's not one shop, not one thing fits all. And I like that Keisha was saying using the holistic approach. Um, you can do both. Like we do both. We do pharmaceutical, we do medication, and we also do a holistic. Like we practice yoga from time to time. Um words of affirmation, meditation, which is kind of frowned upon a lot in the Southern Baptist church, because why am I saying these ohms and this namaste? It literally is just another language. It's just like saying hola to the Lord, as opposed to saying, hi, Jesus. It's okay. You're not going to hell if you say ohm. (laughs) It's, it's okay. But understand and know research. Like when you're dating your therapist, also be researching the things that you are putting into your body and and the energy that you're allowing to be around you, because that's very important. Jazz, she did teas for months, calming teas, chamomile tea. That was her thing. She felt it coming on. And it was, and, and it was a medic. It was the calming effect of what was in the tea, but also that was a step to get her mind focused on something else. So it had twofold, um, what am I looking for? Um, purpose purpose it was I'm gonna this these are my steps get up put the kettle on get my tea bag so I'm not focusing on what I'm panicking about but then once I'm calm I can say what triggered that what happened before this came on she was able to process that so that was something but we've done both we do both holistic and um and we you know she sees a counselor every week let's be honest that that's that's a chunk that's that's a chunk and a lot of times that the, the therapists don't take your insurance, yeah. but it's important for her to be able to do these things because I don't want her to be 47 sleeping three days in a row. I don't want her to be driving and have a panic attack. I want her to live her best life. And so if that means that she's not going to 
pastor so-and-so or she's not taking Xanax or whatever every day and she's drinking tea, so be it. Whatever works for her, whatever works for you, make it happen. It's there's no one glove fits all, no one shoe fits all. Try it all. And if you go for it. Right. Creating. Yeah. And I like. Go ahead. I was going to say, I like how Coco said, like, it's a purpose behind her, like doing the teas and stuff. Cause I like, for me, I don't have them on right now, which is odd. Like I do um, wear crystal like beads and like, that's like my reminder for myself like when I touch my wrist like I'm touching my wrist I'm like I don't have it on it's weird (laughs) because when I touch my wrist that's my reminder to myself sometimes to calm down because I have Mm -hmm. a bad that because I developed that habit and I just touch the crystals and then like I have one like rose quartz is love and then I have one for grounding then I have one for protection and then a lot of times when I'm touching my crystals I'm saying to myself you are loved you deserve Mm -hmm. to be loved um, you are grounded, you are protected, or I might say a quick prayer. So little things like that. Some people might just be like, oh my gosh, you wear crystals or you drink teas. But just the purpose behind it is just a right. whole creating that mindset of right. just reminding yourself of things of like a talisman, like 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 yeah. like a talisman. So like for me, I know that we I'm not into crystals, but I've researched them and I do have some, like my sister bought me some um, onyx stone uh, rebirth and letting go. And they all have a different purpose. Do I put my faith and trust in the crystal? No, I put my faith and the trust in the energy that the Lord has put into everything. Everything is him. So I'm not praying to my crystal. I'm not using that crystal or that stone to provide the healing for me. Like you said, it's more of a talisman, like, thank you, Lord, or I'm going to get heated. I'm touching my necklace and I don't have mine on either. I know we have it on. <laughs> I touch it like, okay, Nicole, that's not your business. Stay in your lane. That's what my reminder is for. Mm-hmm. You getting all riled up for somebody else. Calm down. And I, it's not like, oh, the onyx is healing me and told me to stay in my lane. No, it's a reminder. Mm-hmm. It's and everything that, anything that's in this, in this world, God made put here for a reason. Now, do I believe that if I put this crystal in my tea, I'm going to, you know, magically turn into a skinny heifer? No. But I know I'm drinking a tea. Pause. And I need that tea. Uh, right, right? It's out there. I, it's a I, detox. Somebody send me some. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel you on that. I just, I feel like and a lot of times we've been taught that the, everything's negative, but we don't, but we've never learned it or researched it for ourselves. So, I don't, with that being said, I want people to think that um, crystals are non-Christian. You need to research it just like you would research the Bible with what the pastor's telling you every Sunday. Go look deeper because there is a purpose for it. And for me, it's like you said, it's a talisman. It's a process. It's a purpose for these things. So I like how you speak. All of those things go under when we were talking about strategies and coping tools, right? Yes. Now we can get into it in our series, Cultivating Cult Culture in the Black Church. So make sure that you... Join us or tune in for that series because that is going to be a great discussion about how we are misled regarding some of those things. Um, I wanted to ask Kendra, since you just joined, one of the big discussions we had and have come to realize is we are all a part of Team Do Too Much. (laughs) Have you heard of this? Mm -mm. So Team Do Too Much has been one of the revelations in contributing to um, our anxiety or depression or irritability. And essentially it's as black women, 
we are generally the pillar of our family in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so we take on all of everything because we have to get it done. We have to organize it. We have to make the calls. We have to make sure that the cat comes in, the dog goes out. And that actually contributes to our stress levels. So would you say you're a part of Team Do Too Much? Absolutely. (laughs) And my husband, he get mad at me when I say I have three children. Did she say she had three children? She did. I only birthed two. Um, I don't, he's not my child, but I feel like I do a lot for him as being my husband. And I feel that I, as a wife, as a mother, I put everybody else before myself. If there needs to be something, then I'm going to make sure they're situated first. And then there's me. I never put myself first. Like last month was the first time in, I don't know how long my oldest is 14, but that was when I came out here with Tassine, I think that was my first time ever, like since I had my oldest son, like going away, doing something by myself. And that was a emergency. I got to hurry up and go because I can't, I cannot right now. I can't do life right now. So that you know me, I was all for it. I was all so, you coming back next week? <laughs> you, I'm so, you come back next week, let's right. make the flight now. Um, so Coco, what's one of the things that we talked about years and years ago about taking care of your kids and in Kendra's case, Kendra's case, the kids and your husband. If you can't, if, if you don't take care of yourself, who's going to take care of them? Exactly. Yeah. And I had to write that down. Like I, I'm one of those who I have stickers on my laptop right now that help me remember things throughout my day. These are more work related, but they're about my mental health. Like declutter that stuff, take that stuff out, unpack that, take it out. Don't allow something or someone to occupy space in your mental circle, in your mental health, in your emotional health. So I have to remind myself that. I also have one that said, literally said, stay in your lane, Nunnally. I have a tendency to rush out and try to fix everybody else's problems um, that don't have nothing to do with me, not a doggone thing. Not a, and I needed that reminder. Same thing with the, if I don't take care of myself, then I can't take care of my kids. It's unfair for me not to take care of myself because then my kids don't get the best part of me. My body, because if the captain goes down, the ship. The whole ship. Down. Right. I'll be on the boat, but you know, the lifeboat. It's supposed to go down, but you know, I ain't get my hair wet. I ain't get my hair Um, so I want to actually talk about, and we can pause and put this in the bonus content, but I think it's important to segue into, because we keep saying we're going to talk about this and why not now is is the time. Our positions as black women, I feel like there's an expectation. We are raised to be that way, which Mm -hmm. if you think about it, sets us on a path of not success because team do too much is passed down. It's a generational curse, right. especially if you're raised in a single parent household, Yeah, which we all were. It's also, I feel like it's also a cultural curse for lack of a better word. Like we're the pillars and we've always been because they would sell the men off, you know, during slavery and stuff. And it was, we, we wore a single parent home when they took us from Africa, our ancestors from Africa and brought them here because they were the only ones who would stay or they would ship them off. There was no, it was very hard for people to have a family because of the fact that they were property. They weren't considered. 
And so for the few um, stories that I've read and accounts that I've read, there was a very deliberate um, movement to make sure that there was no family unit in the slave quarters. And so we have, I feel like that's a cultural thing that women are, there's single parent homes, which usually run by a female, that the women are always the ones who are doing the most. We're taking care of every everybody, everything all the time. And um, not just generational, I feel like it's cultural as well. Like there's cultural undertones there. So we are going to um, have a brief discussion in our bonus content. If you guys would like access to the bonus content, you will have to sign up for our Patreon account. It's Dylan and Hillen, D-E-A-L-N-H-E-A-L-N. Um, on Patreon, we have levels to our membership. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you have comments for us, please feel free to email us as well at dylanandhillen at gmail.com. And I want to thank Keisha and Snell, our sisters, for joining us on this discussion. Float on over if you are so inclined. I'm Nene. And I'm Coco. Signing off.